How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and I am joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Michael Farber. We are recording on Tuesday, October 4th, and today we will be going over Texas' Week 5 victory over West Virginia, and then previewing the Red River Shootout. Before we get into it, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns roster, depth chart, recruiting targets, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check us out there. With all that said, Michael, victory Tuesday it is. Uh, yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. Um I I had a good weekend. Um, actually, I, I think I told you guys, but Saturday I was out on a boat and on the lake. The last you know warmish weekend before hopefully it starts cooling off. Um, so I got to watch the Texas game out there. Hope, good thing it wasn't you know too close because I was with uh, my wife's family, so I didn't want to be screaming at my phone while we were out on the boat. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a thin line you got to walk. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean it was a pretty good weekend. Um, you know we'll, we'll obviously get to that game. A little later on but um yeah how about you you know what it was not too bad um same thing with you it was kind of relaxing to just watch texas at night just kind of take care of business um and you know not really have any stress they 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 were um you know leading the entire game um i never really had any complaints that entire game so um west virginia didn't really start scoring until the fourth quarter, I think they got 13 of their 20 points. So um, overall, great weekend. Nothing to really complain about. It's getting a little, little chilly here in Chicago. But um, yeah, there's going to be no more boating season for us here. So, <laughs> um, it's good to hear that you got out there one more time um, before, like you said, the weather starts changing. Yeah, yeah. It I, We don't... I feel like Chicago maybe gets a little more snow than we do, but it just gets so cold um, yeah. in the winter. Um, so, yeah, I, nobody wants to be out in the water when it's zero degrees and 20-mile-per-hour <laughs> winds. Yeah, and that lakefront chill is, uh, oh, is yeah. brutal. So, yeah, you don't want to be anywhere near Chicago in the month of, like, December through, like, February. It is, <laughs> it is absolutely brutal. And um, But, you know, I'm uh, – some people say I'm a warrior, so I um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's talk about uh, this West Virginia game. Like we said, it, it was kind of a, a great sign for Texas. Um, I'll kind of just hit my notes on the offensive side, and then I'll, I'll let you jump in there. Um, I don't really have to do a monologue like I did against Tech because, like I said, Texas played well. Against Tech, it, it just felt so defeating. Um, it looked like Texas was going to compete for maybe a college football playoff, but definitely like a big 12 championship run, um, you know, at least make it there. But tech, it just felt so defeating. It was nice to see Texas bounce back here. Um, and, you know, the notes I have on offense don't really apply to just the West Virginia game. It's kind of just the season as a whole. Um, and the West Virginia game just kind of, made me realize a lot of things now that we're five weeks through too, it kind of solidifies some stuff that I've been thinking about. Um, and one of those things is Hudson card. 
I mentioned last week that the tech loss wasn't really on him. It was on the entire team. Um, obviously, Hudson Card missed some throws himself, but overall, and now overall this entire year through week five, Hudson Card has, um, you know, undoubtedly gotten so much better than he was last year. Um, and that starts with him and his pocket presence, man. Um, under pressure, and even when the pocket starts muddying up, you see Hudson Card kind of step up in the pocket confidently, standing tall, and when he has to break out, he still breaks. He, he steps in, and then he kind of breaks out of the pocket, but he keeps his head down the field. Um, we see him run the ball a decent amount, especially on third down to pick up first downs, but that's not his first option. He's not just a tuck and go after um, – the pocket collapses. He kind of steps up, waits for something to happen, and then makes a throw. Um, and I'm really impressed by that. I think him and Sark both need a lot more credit than they're getting from uh, the Texas fan base right now because Sark right now proved that he is a great quarterback developer by helping Hudson Card along. And Hudson Card deserves as much of that credit as well for um, you know being a good student and uh, working on that in the off season. So um, next thing, Jatavion Sanders. I, I'm I, he, great player, great player, especially as a receiver. But um, there's so many times uh, where I just see him missing blocks, catching holds. Um, the want is there, which is awesome to see from a converted wide receiver in high school. Um, Obviously, with that big body, it was only natural for him to turn into a tight end. But, um, you know, technically sound or mechanics-wise, Sanders is just not there yet. You see him holding. Um, you see him miss blocks a lot. Um, and that kind of just takes away from the Texas run game a lot of the time. Um, I just did an article about the offensive line, and that's something I noticed a lot is uh, – the offensive line as a whole is struggling as run blockers, but Javion Sanders is absolutely um, in that in that uh, basket as well. So, um, and then one more note, and this is specifically for Week Five: the offensive line and the running backs did succeed on having a four-minute offense and closing out the game. It was yep. awesome to see. Yep. Um, last week, I think I literally said it's going to be it's harder to do that because Hudson Card is, um, you know, he's, he's a fine quarterback, but he's not at that elite level where he can kind of pick apart. And this offensive line has struggled in the run game. So, um, you know, I just was a little bit weary of, of their four minute offense, but week five, sure enough, they showed it. This offensive Hudson Carr didn't have to throw the ball at all. So, um, but this offensive line and these running backs, um, just did a great job. I think it was actually, I think it was Bijan who toted every single rock um, on that drive, but regardless, um, they did a good job. They succeeded and uh, Texas ended up closing out that game after that West Virginia touchdown. So those are kind of my notes um, on the offensive side for now. Um, feel free to bounce any back at me or, uh, you know, go on your own little monologue here. Yeah. Um, so I'll start off at quarterback as well. Um, you know, I, I do agree with you. Hudson Card, his pocket presence is, you know, a lot better than it was last year. 
obviously last year we got a small sample size against a very, very good Arkansas team that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, muddied everything we thought about Hudson card going into the season yeah. last year. Soured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this year he, he looks phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stepping up, keeping his eyes downfield, finding receivers downfield. The one thing that, you know, just keeps sticking out to me with him is his inaccuracy downfield. Absolutely. Um, yes. You know, the one where Xavier's running wide open. I mean, nobody within 10, 15 yards of him down the middle of the field um, on mm-hmm. Saturday, and he overthrows him by five to seven yards, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. That was just ugly. <laughs> uh, Can I the- jump in here for a second yeah, with a yeah. stat on that? Um, so um, PFF does a great job at kind of divvying up these and Hudson card is completing 37.5% of passes 20 or more yards down the field. He is nine for 24 on those attempts. Um, he has three touchdowns. He has an interception as well. Um, and the touchdown wasn't even like a great throw. It was kind of a wide open wide receiver there. Um, so long story short, I think the stats kind of back up what you just brought up. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I forgot to, I just gave Hudson Carr the praise, but that is a huge problem. And that's the difference between him and Ewers right now. So sorry, but go on. No, no, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah. And continuing on that, the, the one touchdown he had to Xavier Worthy, I think it was late second quarter or early third quarter um, where he underthrows the ball, the DB tips it, and Xavier catches it, laying on his back in the end zone, basically. Yeah. That sh- <laughs> that, that should have been an interception. I mean – And that's one of the three yeah, touchdowns that I just mentioned. <laughs> I mean, it should have been an interception because uh, – I mean, I don't know how the DB didn't catch that, but um, that that's one where the ball bounces our way and, you know, we score a touchdown mm-hmm. instead of turning the ball over and maybe it's a little bit closer of a game at the end. But, I mean, that's yeah. just one – where it's just so inaccurate. Um, another one I can think of is like we gave him praise for. He stepped up in the pocket. Um, I, I believe it was Xavier Worthy again. He saw him downfield and he just, it could have been a touchdown, just, but he underthrew yeah. him going uh, right yeah. to left across the field. Um, yeah. And that, that was one where I was like, oh, come on. You know, th- this is where we blow games open. You know, we score mm-hmm. on big plays like that and we, there's yep. just so many misses. Um, yep. Some of them bounce our way, like like I said, the Xavier touchdown where he's laying on his back in the end zone. But, you know, some of those, like we saw against Texas Tech, it can turn out to be an interception because it's just underthrown, floated up in the air. Um, right. And I think that's where we are missing Quinn. Uh, again, yeah. we played a nearly flawless game Saturday, and we won mm-hmm. by 18 points. So I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. imagine what it could be if if we had a healthy Quinn Ewers back there. Um, and, and that's just that's just something that Card has to work on. Um, if he does hit the portal, you know, the, at the end of this season, you know, that, that's something that teams are going to talk to him about. Say, hey, if yeah. you want to come here, we're going to have to work on that deep ball because it is not pretty. Um, yep. But enough negatives. That, that's just what I've seen from Card through five games. Enough negatives. Let's go on to um, the running backs, which, you know, look great. <laughs> Bijan, as yeah. always, looks great. <laughs> Um, averaged a little under five yards a carry. Um, surprisingly, only had one rushing touchdown. I think he had another one through the air. Let me. No, he did not. He only had one on the ground, but uh, got over 100 yards again for the third straight game. And uh, I think it was cool to see them leave him in there until he got over 100 and then pull him out real quick. But, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, running backs are great. Obviously, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. 
this is probably the strongest part of our team and they show it game in and game out, even, you know, willing us to wins or keeping us in the game um, when the passing game isn't working like it should. Um, the receivers, I mean, Xavier Worthy kind of had his breakout game this year. Um, he's kind of been held held down um, going into this game. Um, mm-hmm. But seven catches, uh, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's that's what we expected out of him coming into the season. And then Jatavion Sanders had another really good game. Um, like you said, Jatavion, he's a great wide receiver. Um, obviously, he needs to work on blocking a little bit. But he is only a sophomore, so there, there's always room for him to grow and get better. Um, especially going or finishing out this season and going into year three um, before he becomes draft eligible. Um, But man, overall, like I said, a nearly flawless game from the offense outside of a couple, you know, penalties that shouldn't have been called or um, where we shouldn't have held. Um, But on the offensive side of the ball, nearly flawless. And overall, um, I was pretty happy with the offensive line. Um, Yep. Card got hit a couple times, but he got the ball away. Um, he stepped mm-hmm. up at the pocket like we were talking about. He escaped out of the pocket um, like we talked about as well. But overall, I like I said, the offense nearly flawless. And, you know, if we played the same way on Saturday um, in the Cotton Bowl, I, I would not complain whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, like you said, the offense line played really well. Like I said, the four-minute offense was super impressive. Um, everybody – in the stadium, everybody watching the game knew that Texas was going to be running the ball to, to end the game. And uh, the offensive line stepped up. Obviously, the running backs did their thing as well and, um, you know, closed out the game. So, um, and I'm so glad that you brought up Hudson Card's deep ball because I was giving him all the praise, and it's good that um, we recognize his flaws still. Um, and, you know, I mean – He's still a young player. Um, even if, if he does hit the transfer portal next year, one, can't blame him. Um, honestly surprised that he didn't hit it this year. Um, and so glad he didn't because our offense would be a lot different if Quinn Ewers is hurt and we have uh, Charles Wright or maybe Malik Murphy in. So, um, yeah, yeah. But if Hudson Card does hit the transfer portal, I think that he's going to be, um, you know, highly, highly wanted. Um, more so than Casey Thompson even was last year or uh, this past off season, I should say. So um, yeah, no Hudson card has been great. So, uh, all right, let's move on to the defensive side. Um, I'm going to kind of get, do the same thing here, but this time I'm going to let you go first and, um, and we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, yeah. So defensively, you know, I starting out, the game 28 nothing you can't complain um yeah. Yeah. you know if if you hold a team to seven points in the first half that's usually gonna um results in a lot of wins um for your mm-hmm. team but you know it, it was it was kind of the complete opposite of what we saw last week against uh texas tech um we were getting off the field on third and fourth down um mm-hmm. we were playing tight coverage you know Receivers would catch the ball, but our DBs were right there making a tackle immediately. Um, it was really exciting to see. Um, and, and looking back at our, our schedule, we probably played the worst defensive game we played all year against Texas, Texas, geez, Texas Tech. 
and right. they played Absolutely. their best offensive game all year against us. Mm-hmm. And we <laughs> yeah. we lost what 37 34 in overtime. Um right. so you know that that's something it's obviously not a positive when you lose, but that's something that you can look at and say, if we play as bad as we can, you know, letting them run a hundred plays and we still only give up 37 points in overtime, I'll take that. You know, if that's the, if that's as bad as it's going to get, I I will happily take that. Um, This, this team, um, this defensive performance against West Virginia, though, it reminded me of the Alabama game where we controlled the line of scrimmage. Um, We were flying around. I mean, it just looked completely different from the week before. I mean, we looked really fast. We looked really aggressive. It looked like we were playing without thinking, just going and getting the ball. And I was really, really impressed with the defense. Um, Obviously, West Virginia, again, in my mind, West Virginia isn't that good. Um, So Mm -hmm. if we we can do the same thing again on Saturday against Oklahoma, you know, that's going to – say a lot more to me than it does doing it against West Virginia. But overall, I, I mean, I am ecstatic about the way the defense played and, you know, we can, we honestly can't ask for more. Um, in one game this year, let me double check this. I'm not lying to you, but in one game this year, uh, we, we gave up over 20 points and that was against Texas yes. Tech. Again, the worst our defense could have played and we gave up 37 points. All the other games, um, uh, Gave up 10, 19 against Bama, 20, and 20. That That's the other four games. I mean, if we can hold teams to 20 points or less, with the offensive firepower we have, you know, we're not going to lose many games. Um, but we just need that same defense to come out and play like they did each and every week um, and not play down to an appoint, opponent, um, but play our level of football each and every week. And, and we're going to win a lot of games from here on out. Yeah, I um, – so – you you mentioned, but Texas didn't even give up points uh, more than seven points until the fourth quarter. So they gave up thirteen touch or they gave up thirteen points, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, just kind of goes to show, like, and you know maybe it was just the defense, but I I feel like it was more so the defense playing a little bit lax. You know, up uh, what would that be? Up up thirty eight to seven you know they're they're playing a little bit more lax than than usual um so i i feel like this defense is good but to your point we kind of have to see that um more than just uh every other game um obviously we saw it against alabama then we didn't see it against tech then we saw it against west virginia now we need to see it again against oklahoma um we'll get into that game like you said but with or without Dylan Gabriel, Texas's defense has to be um, at this level that we've seen them play at because them going back and forth between, um, you know, great and not good enough is uh, is going to be frustrating all season long, especially when you got teams like Kansas State, TCU playing back-to-back games with yeah. Oklahoma State actually there too. That That's going to be a little murderer's row. Um, and – I mention every week um, I might be the second biggest Kansas fan, but um, <laughs> playing Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, and Kansas all in a row is going to be – I think there's a bye week in there, actually. Uh, in between um, Oklahoma State and K-State should be. Okay. 
So, I mean, even if it's just Kansas State, TCU, and Kansas, back to back to back, that's three totally different offenses, um, all good at different things. That's going to be a tough slate for Texas to match up with. Um, so I just want to see this defense have some consistency before that slate. Um, but overall, I mean, or more so individually, I've seen so much uh, improvement from defensive players too. Um, yeah. I think the biggest one, and we talk about it, I feel like every week, but he deserves it, is DeMarvin Overshone. Um, just playing so well um, at the linebacker spot. He came in as a safety. Um, he kind of converted to linebacker. And last year you could tell he was a converted safety. He just didn't play the linebacking uh, position you know, like you see these elite linebackers do, but against West Virginia and really all season long, but I specifically saw a play against West Virginia where Overshone was just spilling, 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 and then filling. And he lit up the running back um, on an outside zone play. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, for, for a kid at the line of scrimmage, maybe he got a yard on it, but either way, it was exactly how linebackers should play against the run and Overshone was doing it. So he's going to be a guy who upped his stock um, immensely. And he's going to be a day one or do day two pick um, in the NFL draft next April. So it's great to see um, guys like Overshone. Kendrick Coburn is another huge one that, um, you know, he was always a pretty good run defender, but this year he's kind of taken that next step as a pass rusher. So, um, you know, at that nose tackle spot. It's good to see him improving too. Um, two more names that I just want to shout out is Deshaun Jameson. I feel like he's a guy who would get lost in coverage a lot. And this year um, it's happening a lot less. He's still giving up yards for sure, but that's by design. He plays off the ball, off the uh, line of scrimmage, I should say. And um, so re- receivers are getting catches, um, but they're short catches and uh, Jameson's tackling right away. Like you mentioned. Um, And, you know, they're just not getting many yards and Jameson is doing his job and deep down the field, Jameson is staying in phase, making plays on the ball. um, Even if they're just PBUs. So good to see that. Moro Ojimo is another one who plays. um, And I don't know if it's just me, but I think he looks a little bit slimmer than he did last year. And he's definitely a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah, and, and a little bit more agile. Um, there's a play where he kind of um, blew up a naked bootleg that JT Tan- Daniels ran, and um, he was kind of running him down. JT Daniels ended up getting the ball off, but um, I feel like Ojimo of last year um, wouldn't really um, get a pressure on that play because uh, it took a little bit of agility um, to kind of make that bend and, and uh, get that pressure on Daniels, like I said, so... Um, overall, I think this defense um, just improved a ton. And after last week, people are calling for PK's job. I think um, I think that's just a little crazy still. I think we got to wait and see if we can find some consistency on this defense. But if we see little improvements, like I just mentioned um, on these players, I think um, I think the coaching staff is kind of doing a good job there. Yeah, I agree, and and um, I'll, I'll throw out a name as well. One that I was really big, and I thought he was going to um, take the next step coming into the season was Jalen Ford. 
Um, obviously, mm. after week one, yes. he looked really bad. <laughs> Didn't have yeah. a tackle. I mean, just looked lost on the on the defense side of the ball. <clears throat> but now, you know, through week five, he's leading our team in tackles by 14. <laughs> you know, right. the, the next guy behind him is uh, DeMar Van Overshone at 37 and Jalen Ford has 51. Um, he just always seems to be around the ball, making plays. Um, and, you know, he just looks like he – I don't know if it was maybe first game jitters in week one, but he just looks like a completely different player, finding the ball, getting there. Um, obviously not the best in pass coverage, um, that that's mm-hmm. more overshone, but, but, um, in the run game, Jalen Ford just flies around and finds the ball. And I, I'm really happy with the way he's played so far this year. Yeah, no, that's a great shout out as well. And, um, you know, a good sign because we mentioned it in the off season, but Jeff Choate just isn't like that elite recruiter, um, at the middle linebacker inside linebacker spot. So he needs to be, uh, an elite developer. And, um, you know, so far he's, he's shown it because like we said, Overshone has improved a lot for being yeah. a guy who wasn't even a linebacker two years ago to, um, and, you know, uh, sorry, I lost the name Jalen Ford improving so much from week one to now, um, which, you know, makes sense. He's a young player. Um, week one, like you said, jitters combined with inexperience, whereas now he's kind of, uh, battle tested in, in, in five weeks, he's, uh, gradually gotten better. So like you said, it's awesome to see that And Texas needs it. Um, because like we said, against Kansas state, um, against Kansas, against Baylor, these are good running teams. Um, we need our linebackers to, uh, to, you know, be good against the run. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. All right. Um, do you have any parting shots on this West Virginia uh, Week 5 game? Um, yeah, the last thing I'll say is, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but, you know, we, we played so well, controlled the game from the jump. We just need consistency out of this team, um, the whole team, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, if we if we do the same thing um, like we did to West Virginia to Oklahoma – you know, that's, that's going to le- mean a lot more eh, to not only mm-hmm. us as fans, but also, you know, the rest of the country maybe saying this Texas team is different. This Texas team is for real. Um, yep. You know, obviously last year, the, the, when we played OU, it, it started off really well and, you know, we kind of fell apart in the second half and that's what we did a lot um, in games last year. We couldn't hold leads through the second half. Um, so, so hopefully, you know, we come out strong, um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So I'll just end on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, something I should mention is um, West Virginia obviously had a scary injury there with uh, CJ Donaldson. Yep. Yep. Uh, he took a knee to the head, but I just want to mention, I think I saw on Twitter that um, he's okay. He's, he's back with the West Virginia team. So um, it's good to see that. Obviously that's never good, especially after seeing, I'm sure um, if you're listening to this, you've seen the Tua on the Miami Dolphins, yep. his, that quarterback. I, I'm sure you've seen his hit. Um, we'll get into it. But Dylan Gabriel also had a had a head injury. So I don't know what it is, but um, there's been way too many scary injuries like that. Um, so it's good to see um, C.J. Donaldson is okay at this time. So, um, But um, I just wanted to mention that first before we get into um, – 
the um, obviously Oklahoma game. Um, before we get into it, though, let's take a short break and we'll be back. How's it going, Longhorn Nation? We are back uh, and we're going to talk about the Red River shootout. So um, like we always do, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Michael, if you want to go first or or you can or I can go first up to you. But let's talk about this OU offense. Yeah, yeah, I, I can go first. That's fine. Um, I I have never, and you know this, I've never been a big fan mm-hmm. of Dylan Gabriel, uh, yeah. especially after um, the injuries at UCF, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But he, it's ending up that he might not even play this game. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's obviously unfortunate for him. You know, we I would rather face Oklahoma at full strength than, than um, you know, play them injured kind of thing. Um, yeah, for sure. But they, he just didn't play well last week. Um, trying to mm. pull up their stats now, but I mean, he he looked really, really bad last week against TCU. Um, yeah, going seven for sixteen, one hundred twenty-six yards, um, no touchdowns, obviously. Um, and then the the kid behind him, uh, Davis Bevel or Beville, um, mm-hmm. played even worse. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, he went seven for 16, you know, same same completion percentage, but he only threw for 50 yards um, having a an average of three point one. I mean, that is awful. Um, his, his QBR ended up being a four. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that that's that's just really, really bad. Um, and, you know, I talked about it before the year as well. This this OU team without Lincoln Riley, without Caleb Williams, without Spencer Rattler, um, without Mario Williams, what you know, we can name off a bunch mm-hmm. of player people who left. It just doesn't really scare me. It, it's not the same um, OU team that you know. If we're up by three touchdowns, that I think they're going to storm back and, and win the game. Um, obviously, they can. You know, they still have mm-hmm. some of those players, and, and with Jeff Levy, obviously Colin plays. They have a high high powered offense, but um, you know, I, I just don't trust Dylan Gabriel. If, if he plays, I don't trust him. Um, to go out and win a big game, um, and the and any of the quarterbacks behind them either, I, I just don't think they're ready. Um, and, and nothing against them, but they just haven't shown anything to prove me otherwise. Um, running backs, though, um, you know, I, I don't know who's hurt. I know I saw something that said their top two running backs were hurt. Um, mm. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but obviously, Eric Gray, Marcus Major, fantastic players. Um, Javante Barnes, even um, the the freshman, is a really good player as well. And then wide receiver, Theo Weiss is, is really good. Marvin Mims is really good. Um, but if you don't have anybody to throw them a ball, you know, they can't be really good um, because they need the ball in their hand to, you know, showcase their skills. Um, but, yeah, th- this offense, like I said, is, is not one that particularly scares me, um, but, you know, is one that, given the right circumstances, they can score a lot of points quickly. Um, you know, if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play, I expect them to try to run the ball a lot. Um, and that that's kind of been the strength of our team this year. We've been really, really good against the run. Um, let me mm-hmm. see if I can pull it up really quick. But I think we've only – let me see if I can find it. Um, but, I mean, even against really good running backs, we, we've held them to, you know, one – or uh, sorry, two two to three yards per carry, um, which you know in three downs that equals nine yards. Not a first down, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we've been able to get off the field outside of Texas Tech on fourth down fairly well. 
Um, yeah. So if they plan to run the ball down our throats, you know, that doesn't scare me either. Um, I, I, I like our tight coverage. I, I like our the way we match up with this team. Um, so I, I could see them. I could see this being a blowout um, depending on, you know, if Dylan Gabriel does play because he is far better than his backup. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this is a rivalry game. We're going to get their best game. They're going to get our best game. It's going to be close at the end um, most of the time. So saying this now, I, I still expect it to be close. But, man, th- this just feels like our year to kind of blow them out. And, and I've been waiting that waiting for that for quite a while now. Yeah, no. Um, so let's unpack a little bit here. Marcus Major um, was ruled academically ineligible. Okay. Um, October. Oh, wait, this is 2021. All right. Never mind. I can't <laughs> <find> <laughs> never mind. That was 2021. I was wondering why they're saying for Texas, even though, uh, you know, we it's not even close to uh, that being a thing. I couldn't find anything on Marcus Major or um, or Eric Cray injuries. So I would assume they're playing. Um, but as for Dylan Gabriel, um, Brent Venables didn't give any update yet on if he's playing or not. I'd be somewhat shocked if he plays, like we mentioned um, mm-hmm. before the break. Um, with the Tua thing and, you know, head injuries just being hyper-sensitive and hyper-aware to them now. Um, I would be shocked if Dylan Gabriel played. Um, I hope he does. One, that means he's okay, which is uh, the most important thing. But two, you want Texas – or you want Oklahoma's best against Texas's best, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're going to get Quinn Ewers back. Let um, me – want. you mind if I yeah, interrupt no, real quick? Come in. Uh, no, absolutely not. So I just found an article, which was actually written today, uh, this morning. Um, Marcus Major was inactive against TCU. Again, it doesn't say why. Um, and Eric Gray says, Eric Gray was having a solid day before he was forced out of action with an injury. Um, and that was, again, against TCU. So um, they could be inactive. Um, depends on okay. you know what happens over the week. But um, there's a, sol- a small chance that both of them or one of them are out. Um, just that was from today. It was uh, soonerwire.usatoday.com. So if you're looking okay. for a source, uh, listeners. <laughs> nice. Good job. I like that. Usually I'm a, I'm a bad sources guy. I usually <laughs> say stuff. So um, good to see. But um, okay. So at least that gives a little bit of, I mean, not really clarity, but it's better than us saying, I don't know. I think they're playing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so even without their two running backs, I think Dylan Gabriel is still the biggest story of uh, yep. of this team. Yep. And like you said, he had an awful game last week. It was crazy. <laughs> I, um, if you listen to the Friday pod, uh, we bet on Oklahoma, which was heartbreak. Not heartbreaking because it was nice to see them lose, but heartbreaking because uh, I'm on an absolute cold streak. <laughs> it is so frustrating luckily i threw the over in there too and the over hit uh thank you tcu um but yeah it was so frustrating watching dylan gabriel he just kept overthrowing his receivers um it felt like on every other uh pass play but leading up to that game he was actually you know doing decent um he was creating a lot of big plays with his arm 
as a deep ball thrower. And, um, you know, it's easy to do when you guys, when you've got guys like Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss, but, um, you know, Dylan Gabriel was capitalizing, um, something that we talked about that Hudson card just hasn't done yet with, uh, worthy. So long story short, I hope Dylan Gabriel plays, um, but there is not an update on him yet either. So there's a lot of unknowns on this Oklahoma offense. Um, but yeah, I feel like their four wide receivers are actually like pretty talented still, even though they lost Mario Williams and, um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the other wide receiver who transferred to Arkansas. Oh, uh, uh, Hazelwood. Hazelwood? Yeah. Yes. Or Hazelwood, whichever it's saying. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a announcer. So uh, Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss, Jalil Farouk, and Drake Stoops. Like, that's a pretty good uh, receiving core, especially headlined with Marvin Mims there. So Oklahoma does have playmakers still, even if, uh, you know. So maybe Bevel has a better week next week obviously um now that he's probably prepping as the starter so we will see but um oh you still has a good offensive line they always do uh, their offensive line coach stayed i think we mentioned that this off season yep, yep. so um you know that's going to be a tough test for these texas pass rushers who again the edges didn't really show up last week a little bit sorrell kind of got there i think he with registered uh two sacks on the on the day but um again it was more cleanup duty um uh, which is okay you know uh we talked about finishing he finished so he did his job but uh um, yep. you know this is going to be a big test for this texas pass rushing group yeah i i completely agree um you know like you said it was more coverage sacks than actually getting home mm-hmm. uh quickly but hey I'm, after what we saw against Texas Tech, where it's like we were allergic to the quarterback and couldn't bring him down. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I will take anything at this point. Um, obviously, obviously, hopefully we see a, a few more sacks this weekend as well. But um, mm-hmm. we just really need consistency out of that defensive front, pass rushing wise. Um, right. I guess the run, uh, fantastic. I, I can't sing their praises anymore. We, yep. we looked really, really good against the run this year, which was mm-hmm. the opposite last year where we, they team just ran all over us, but um, yeah. if we right. can um, hold down the run like we have been and throw in that pass rushing element, I mean, it, you're, you're looking at Alabama. That's what Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Yep. That's what they do. They have, they have both. Um, so obviously, it's not going to happen overnight, but hopefully, hopefully, we can see flashes of it by the end of the season. Absolutely. Um, all right. Should we transition here to the defensive side of Oklahoma? Who, uh, ooh, man, they did not look good against TCU. (laughs) (laughs) Man, um, so this is my take, and I think I mentioned this to you privately too, but I feel like this is Oklahoma's – Oklahoma's in a spot, and Brett Venables is in a spot where uh, Texas was last year, and – you know, Texas had a lot of talent, um, but it just wasn't working out, especially for Texas on the offensive side of the ball. For Oklahoma, it's on the defensive side of the ball with Venables being there. I feel yeah. like eventually they're going to have a really dang good defense. I think Brent Venables was the best defensive coordinator in the country uh, with Clemson, and I don't think that was just skill players. I think he is truly that good of a coach. So obviously it's not going to happen overnight. And, um, 
they're, they have a lot of work to do, but I, I would not clown Oklahoma's defense, um, you know, so loudly because in the next couple of years, I think they're going to be really good. But man, right now, you you could probably clown them to your Longhorn group chats because they are so, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I sent a message to the group after Max Duggan ran for, what was 65 something yards, um, mm-hmm. 65 yard touchdown. Which and, one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and, and I said something like, uh, imagine uh, Max Duggan running, outrunning your speed D, which is obviously what the <laughs> Alex Grinch called his defense. Um, right. So, so it's not the same coach, but, but man, it, it's, fun, it's fun to pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same players. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's fun to pick on Oklahoma. Um, oh yeah. You know, uh, it, it's obviously good for the sport when, when both Oklahoma and Texas are good, but mm-hmm. I, I could go a decade where Oklahoma looks like Texas has the past decade. I mean, I, yes. I, I wouldn't have any problems with that. Obviously they're, they're always going to, you know, bounce back up and be good again. Um, but man, if, if they go through like a Nebraska patch where they're just really bad, they can't hire a coach that uh, mm-hmm. can do anything, man, that would be phenomenal. I'd be ecstatic about that. Um, yeah. And honestly, I, I you're, you're higher on uh on uh, Brent Venables than I am. I, I just don't mm-hmm. think he's going to work out. First time head coach um, at a major that's program a rough like Oklahoma. Top. Yes, that's a great point. Um, it, it's kind of hard to do. It's really, yeah. really hard to do as your first head coach job. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if if he does, more power to him. You know, you know that that's hard to do, and that just shows that he is an elite coach if he can do it. Um, mm-hmm. But but like you said, this Oklahoma defense is so bad, man. It's so yeah. bad. Um, yeah. We we saw it a little bit against, little bit against Nebraska um, on that first drive where Casey Thompson just picked them apart, and mm-hmm. it was it was laughable. You know, yeah. DBs were out of place, um, their D line couldn't get any push, and you know Nebraska is one of the worst teams in the country. I mean, they're really bad, um, and and we were just sitting there like, what is going on? But um, it wasn't just a game. You know, it's it's been their defense this year. They haven't looked good. And, uh, you know, I I don't think it's going to change anytime soon just because it is the big 12, you know, we, we have high, high power offenses. Um, and again, I said at the beginning of the season, I could see, Oh, you go in seven and five, eight and four. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think they're closer to that than they are to 10 wins. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how their season plays out. You know, they still have to play K state, um, Oklahoma state, Baylor, uh, Texas Tech, KU, uh, mm-hmm. or, or, sorry, not K State. I meant KU, but um, it, it's mm-hmm. gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how their season plays out. But man, if we if we could have a decade of of really bad Oklahoma football, I, I'd be all for it. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that he's a first year uh, or first time head coach at Oklahoma. I had problems with Notre Dame hiring Marcus Freeman for that exact same reason. I think it's really hard to have all that pressure. The only reason I didn't think about it with Oklahoma is it worked for Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Um, yep. And I just like, I'm just so numb to Oklahoma. I just feel like it was going to work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of forgot that he was a first year or a first time head coach though. But um, I still think he's a great, great coordinator. And even if he doesn't work out at Oklahoma, um, he's going to find a job. 
Oh, really, absolutely. Really quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Probably on Nick Saban's uh, staff, he's going to have oh, a little gosh. car wash. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, Could you imagine him at DC with, with Saban? <laughs> Good God. Those teams would be yes. elite. I mean, even more <laughs> yeah. elite than they are now. It, it would be right. insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you ever want to uh, just laugh out loud, just look at Alabama's coaching staff in 2015 yeah. um, with Billy Napier, Kirby Smart. Um, this is just off the dome. So, uh, Lane Kiffin, um, Ooh, I'm missing one, but anyways, uh, rant over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like that they're going to turn around, but I don't think it's not going to happen next week. And if it does, um, Texas has problems. Uh, if Texas can't put up 40 against Oklahoma or I'm sorry, 40 is kind of a big number. Um, but 35, I think, is a pretty fair number. Um, and the way Oklahoma is playing, I think 40 is a fair number, actually. But we'll we'll keep it at 35. Um, the defense should be able to make stops as well. If Texas doesn't score 35, um, Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers, Hudson Card, whoever's playing, um, but mainly Steve Sarkeesian, has some issues here. Um because uh, this defense right now should not be able to stop uh, Texas's offense, even if they're not playing to their full potential with either an injured coin Ewers or a Hudson card who's struggling with a deep ball. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not to change the subject, but I just looked up that coaching staff and, oh my God, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I nailed most of them. Sorry, but go on. Lane, who, who yeah. Lane, Lane Kiffin, Kirby Smart, Mario Cristobal, yeah. Billy Napier, Mario. Mel Tucker, Tosh, oh, Mel Tosh Tucker. Lupoy, Bo Davis. I mean, good yeah. gosh, what an elite coaching staff. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it takes to have an elite team. Obviously mm-hmm. we think, we think Steve Sarkeesian has assembled a, a really, really good coaching staff. And I think he has too. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's to this level, obviously, but, yeah. but, oh man, if you have a great coaching staff around you, it just makes your team look that much better. And right. that's why Alabama has dominated over the past, what are we going on now? 13, 14 years, 15 years, something like that. Yeah. You could tell um, me two decades and I would believe you. <laughs> Three decades, yeah. I might believe you. It, yeah. It but, feels like as long as I've been born. <laughs> but yeah, it, like you were saying though, I, I think we're going to put up big points Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we see the same defense that we saw against Alabama or against West Virginia, uh, I, I don't think Oklahoma is going to score over 20. I, I think we're going to keep them down to that 20 range like we have with most teams all year. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd be all for it. Obviously, you want to win big. But, man, if, if we can just throttle Oklahoma, which we haven't <laughs> been able to do in a while, I mean, mm-hmm. that would just be a perfect, perfect Saturday. Plus, you have A&M going to Alabama Saturday yeah. night. That's that's an easy L for A&M. So. Yeah, that would be a nice one. <laughs> it, it would be a good Saturday. <laughs> good Saturday. Yeah. Um, since the uh, – I think since 2014, I saw a stat. The uh, Red River rivalry has been decided by uh, one score um, every single year. So there hasn't been a whole lot of shootout or uh, blowouts in recent years. So it would be nice if Texas could kind of buck that trend and in, in a positive way, but um, I'll take a win any way we could get it, especially against Oklahoma. It's going to feel good. Absolutely. Um, we, we need one badly. Speaking of scores, 
Um, are you ready to do predictions, or do you do you have any other um, kind of nuggets on this game? No, let's let's jump right into it. Awesome. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to do the honors here? Yeah, yeah, I can go first. Um, so last week, we'll we'll start with last week again. But um, at the beginning of the year, I had the score forty two thirty one Texas, um, mm-hmm. which let me pull it up right here so I don't lie to you. Um, Texas won thirty eight twenty last week, so that would that have been a decently close score. Um, mm-hmm. And then I changed it to forty eight seventeen Texas. So again, a little high on the points. Um, last mm-hmm. week I, I was thinking that Quinn was going to play. I just thought he needed a warm up game before OU. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously he didn't, but but um, I'll, I'll take that score. Um, but yeah. what what did you have for West Virginia? And then we'll jump into OU. So I had um, – I changed my pick. Um, what did I have? Or maybe I stuck – no, I changed my pick. Uh, originally I had it 49-27 Texas win, but I changed it to 35-24. Oh, man, I was just uh, seven <laughs> points uh, here or there. So um, I was pretty close, but, uh, you know, Texas did, uh, did a good job. So Yeah, yeah. Um, jumping into OU now. Um, to start the season, I, I thought Texas was going to win 49-30. Um, uh, I am going to change that though. Um, I have Texas now winning 48 to 20. Uh, so that's a 28 point win four touchdown win. Again, I, (laughs) there's, there's rumors that Quinn is going to play. Um, he's trending towards playing Saturday, which Mm. would be huge for our offense, especially the deep ball, um, which is going to open up the run game for Bijan. And I think he has a really big game Saturday. Um, but yeah, again, if Dylan Gabriel plays, I, I still think we hold him to that 20 mark. If he doesn't play, you know, I could see it closer to 10. I, I just yeah. think our defense is going to show up and, and, you know, stop playing around like like we did against Texas Tech and, and just play free, yeah. play loose. Um, and I, I think we finally have a blowout win against Oklahoma that we haven't had in, in just about a decade. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll take your score. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so to start the season, I had Texas winning 52 to 49. So I really thought it was going to be a shootout here. Um, I thought Jeff Lebby's offense, I mean, it has been pretty solid for Oklahoma. Uh, don't get me wrong. Last week was a tough one. Obviously you lose your starting quarterback. You're not going to score a whole lot of points after that, mm-hmm. but, um, and you know, no Quinn Ewers, maybe Quinn Ewers, maybe not. I think that 52 number might be a little high as well, but Oklahoma's defense has been so bad. Um, I'm going to change my pick to 42, uh, 34 Texas wins. Um, like I said, I would take your score in a heartbeat. Uh, I hope they win by four touchdowns. Um, but I think Oklahoma is going to give them, um, you know, their best as well. Uh, mm-hmm. no matter who the quarterback is, um, no matter what happens, it's still the red river, uh, rivalry. So I feel like, it doesn't matter. Weird stuff might happen, you know, um, defensive touchdown, something. I think Oklahoma is going to play a really good game. And, um, you know, I'll keep it at that eight um, in that single digits. But I still think Texas is going to win. So, Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could see that as well. You know, I, I think I talked about it a little bit too, that these games always seem to be close. They always, you know, something happens. There's momentum right. shifts, you know, play in and play out. Um, so I, I could see it being that close, but man, I, I, with, with the injuries that Oklahoma has, especially if they're missing their top two running backs, um, which again, we, we don't know. They, they were, mm-hmm. they missed last week. 
Um, they could be healthy this week, um, but um, if they're missing their top two running backs and their starting quarterback, you know that that really hurts your offense. Um, right. So I, I just think this Texas defense is really good, and mm-hmm. you know I, I don't expect them to play another Texas Tech game again this year. So hopefully they don't, and hopefully, like you said, hopefully it's a big blowout. That'd be fun. Oh, that would be so much fun. Um, a lot of no stress on your oh yeah around noon. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. So, but all right. Um, I'll give you a chance to have any parting shots. If not, we will uh, get out of here. Yeah. Um, there we're potentially going to have a guest on next week, so that'll be fun. Um, so be yeah, sure to teaser. check out for that. Um, yes, we we're won't not, we're tell not, you who. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to say who <laughs> yet. We're, we're going to keep it quiet, but. Uh, Check out our Twitter. Uh, if you want to find out, we may send out a little teaser again, closer to when we release next week. That'd be fun. Um, and uh, and send in your um, mailbag questions again. Um, by week, we're probably going to have a big mailbag episode, so be sure to send them in. DM us on Twitter. Um, if you see this on Facebook, you know, drop a message or something like that. But but um, send them to us somehow, and, and we'll we'll be sure to answer them um, when the bye week comes around, which is after Oklahoma State, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just copy and paste what Michael said, um, especially with that uh, mail ba- those mailbag questions. So yeah, uh, DM us, like Michael said, even drop comments and um, we'll see them. We will see them and we will uh, write them down uh, by week, week nine. So that's when we'll do it. So um, just be wary of that. But um, I think that'll do it for us this week. Um, please tell your friends, tell your family about us. Um, if you enjoyed this pod at all, um, even if you didn't, maybe just still drop us five stars. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can never listen to us again. That's okay. But just give us those five stars. That'd be awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, we will catch you yet. Well, I'll be back on Friday to give you my, uh, my bets of the week my bets of the weekend. Um, you know, we are currently a little bit below 500. I'll have to do the math later, but, um, don't worry about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will be back Friday and then Michael and I will be back again Wednesday to, um, you know, go over the, uh, Red River rivalry game. So I've said that way too many times and it gets harder and harder every time I try to say (laughs) triple R. So, all right. Uh, Thank you all again for listening. And as always, hook them. Hook them.